Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. John 10, and uh, we've been going through line upon line, looking at all the great things that uh, the Bible has recorded for us in these days that we live in, so it's always a blessing. We remember in John chapter 9, Jesus had healed a blind man, started a ruckus, and so we understand then that Jesus uh, continues on now in, in John 10, speaking to the Pharisees and how important it is that they recognize who he is. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word, may you speak to us through it. May you fortify our hearts. May we not only know you, but we know everything about you. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. And I'm not sure we'll be able to do the last part of that prayer until we get there, but certainly the more we study God's word, the more we're going to know who he is. We'll see that in the text today why it's important to know who God is. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Why is that important? Because the more you acquaint yourself with God's voice, the less likely you'll be to listen to somebody else. And so when we understand and hear God's voice, we familiarize ourselves with the nature of God. That's why Jesus said, search the scriptures In them you think you have eternal life, but they are which testify of me. Now, why is that important? The more you acquaint yourself with something, the more familiar you get with it. So, let's read. John 10, 1. Most assuredly, that's Jesus' way of saying, hey man, listen. Most assuredly, this is a speaking of a truth. I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, but by some door... Excuse me. He that does not enter by the sheepfold, but the door, but climbs in some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now, here Jesus is very clearly telling us that there are going to be false religions in the world. We just need to be aware of it. In fact, when we get down a few more verses, we're going to see that really there's only two categories. Those that are in faith in Jesus Christ and those that are not. Now, the religions of the world offer some other way. Sometimes it is by force. Sometimes it is by trickery. Let's look at this again. If they come in some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. A thief uses sneakiness to get what they want. A robber uses force. There's two different ways that oftentimes the cults will use. They'll use use the same words that we use in Christianity. They'll speak of Jesus and Heavenly Father and salvation, eternity. But they have completely different definitions for those words. That's why when we acquaint ourselves with God's word, we have God's definition of those words and not a cult's definition of those words. The other is by robbing. 
Now, the robbers, they come in in a little bit different way. They say, well, in order for you to go to heaven, you got to show your worthiness. you got to get out there and earn it. We've talked about this a lot of times before, the different things that they will try to get you to do. In other words, you have to sell flowers in airports, or you have to wear orange, or you have to... Uh, abide totally by the creeds of the church. Not necessarily the Bible, but by the creeds of the church. Well, he says, they're the same as a thief and a robber. Remember, a thief is sneaky, a robber uses force. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, interesting here, let's just go ahead a little bit. Let's go down to verse 7. Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. This helps us understand better what he's talking about. Now, in those days, a sheepfold could be made of many different things. Sometimes they were made of mud. Sometimes they were uh, twigs and branches that they would tie together. And then there was one entry into the place where the sheep were kept. And oftentimes, the shepherd would lay down in the doorway so no sheep could come out, no wolves could come in. Jesus here is saying, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now again, Jesus is the one who keeps the bad things from coming in and all of us from going out. You know, the Bible says we're kept by him. I like that. Now notice he says in verse three, to him The doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I like this about God. This helps us understand the heart of Christ. Notice it does not say, and he screams at them. No, he says he calls them. Big difference. So, first of all, he calls. The call is there. Our response is required. So we have the call, and it says he calls his own sheep by name. I am known by name. You're known by name. We're no strangers in God's kingdom. It isn't a mass thing where God just is like running a cookie cutter, just stamping out Christians. He knows us by name. Friends, that's so important to know you have a God that knows your individuality. We all look different. We all have different needs. There's all different things that, that have happened in your life that make you what you are. And because of that, we have to always realize and remember that God in his love has made us unique. And because of that, he's only the one that can truly lead us or minister to us. Now notice it doesn't say, and he forces them. It says, or drives them. It says, he leads them. That means God's already gone in front of me. God's already gone in front of you. We go back to the 23rd Psalm. And he leads me beside the paths of still water. Why is that? Because God knows where the good stuff is. People say, well, I haven't got time to be a Christian. I've got a real serious question for you. If God is not keeping you, who is? What is? Well, I'm the master of my destiny. Really? Okay, master of your destiny. What's going to happen tomorrow? Do you know you'll even be alive? Do you you know where you're going to go? Do you know what preparations you need to make today to meet the challenges of tomorrow? If God is not your God, if God is not the one that is leading you, 
you can be misled. And so he says here, he leads them out. God leads us out of a lot of things. He leads us out of heartbreak. He leads us out of a, a doldrum day in, day out. They say a, 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 a rut is just a, just a casket with the ends kicked out. Well, think about that. You know, we get, we get bored with things. And so he leads us. Always remember that. You've got one that has gone in front of you that calls us by name. He knows what you need. I don't even know what I need. I go through my garage. I think about the yard sales I've gone to thinking I need that. I've never touched it since I bought it. I don't need as much as I think I need. The Bible tells us God has a way of supplying what we need, not what we think we need. Big difference. By the way, you can literally wear yourself out in life accumulating things you think you need. Well, verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. You know, that's why it's important. And this, sometimes people ask the question, well, when a person becomes born again, Mike, why do you direct them to the book of John? And I always do. I say, start in the book of John chapter 3 and read every day. Let God speak to you. Why is that? You familiarize yourself with God's voice. The more you hear God's voice, the more you go, that's Jesus talking. I like that. But then when I hear somebody else, even people who claim to be Christians, and I hear the acid that pours out of their mouth, I go, that ain't Jesus. Now, they can be a Christian. They can even love God. But just because a person is a Christian that loves God doesn't mean they say things that are wrong. But I want to familiarize myself with the God that the Bible says loves me. And the more I listen to his voice, the better my ear gets to recognize him. By the way, you moms, I don't know how you guys do it. I'm sorry how you all do it. I I did that one time down in the south, uh, down in... South Carolina, I said something about, well, how are you doing, you guys? And this one girl looks at me, she says, I'm not a guy. I said, y'all. She goes, that's better. I don't know how some of you ladies, y'all, get so good at this, but there can be a room of screaming kids. And the mom goes, oh, that's mine. How do you know that? It's weird. You get used to hearing certain sounds. If you're a mechanic, you know that there are always sounds in a motor that either do or don't belong. Tick, 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 tick. Oh, what's that? Well, the average person, you know, and, and it's kind of funny to always watch these people go to mechanics and say, well, you, can you fix my car? Yeah, yeah, I probably can fix your car. What is it doing? Well, it makes it sound like, ah, uh, rum, rum, tick, 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 rum, rum. And, and it's funny, the mechanics are laughing at you while you're making these funny sounds. But the truth of the matter is, somebody that's trained can hear what they're listening for. If you you tune your ear to hear God's voice, you'll hear God's voice. And I believe that, again, familiarity with God's voice through his word will give you the best advantage to know when God is speaking and when something else is speaking. Now, they know his voice. Now... 
again, he says he goes before them. Nothing in my life takes God by surprise. Isn't that good to know? Even when you accepted Christ as Savior and you fumbled the ball later on in your life and God goes, oh man, I didn't know they were going to mess up like that. Oh, I would have never picked them to be part of my kingdom if I had known they were going to do that. No, God knew it all. And isn't it great to know he still picked you to be on his team? I always, and now that we're entering into football season again, I always watch these plays that they make. Uh, They're down to the last few seconds of the game, and and all this other team needs is one touchdown, and they'll win the game, and the ball is snapped. It's the fourth down, and if the guy catches it, they win, and if he drops it, they lose. The ball is thrown to him, and he drops it. Do you think that if they knew that the guy was going to drop the ball when it was snapped, Do you think they would have thrown it to him? No, they would have thrown it to anybody. Throw it to some guy in the stand. I don't know, but you wouldn't throw it to a guy you know is going to drop it. And yet God, knowing us, knowing we're going to drop the ball, still throws it to us. That's God. You say, but Mike, how how does that work? The Bible says, as we sang this morning, God causes all things to work together for the good to the know and love him according, called according to his purpose. Now, why is that? God can take even the rough things, the bad things that have happened in your life and make them for your good. I like that. Only God can do that. By the way, that's a miracle working God. Anybody can take something good and make it good for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, you know, anybody. But when you have something bad happen to you, or you've done something bad, and God can take and use that for your betterment. Isn't it weird in the Bible? It says, where sin abounds, that much more grace abounds. Now, Paul goes on and says this. He says, should we sin then that grace can abound more? He goes, heaven forbid, God forbid. But the point is, what he's saying is no matter what you've experienced in your life, God can use that for your good and for the glory of the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that good to know? What does that say? God's bigger than the things we've done wrong. (sighs) Man, that feels good. Because no other religion in the world can claim that. So, looking at this. He's gone before us. Verse 5, Yet they'll no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Again, The more you know God's voice, the better you get in tuned with God's voice. And you want to always learn to hear God's voice. You say, why is that? Here's why. Sometimes you'll see somebody in a store and you'll hear a voice saying, go talk to that person about me. I've done this many times in my life. And I'll say, oh, I must be just making that up. Why would you just be making that up? You're inspired sometimes. And God says, go visit that person. You know, it's interesting in the Bible, that's, this is not some new precept, some new thought. We remember that Philip had a thriving ministry. In Samaria, God spoke to him and said, go down, leave this place, go down, and I'll tell you what to do. He goes down and he sees a chariot going through the desert. And the Lord spoke to him and said, go join yourself to that chariot. 
The Bible says Philip ran and joined himself to the chariot. And there was a guy, an Ethiopian, returning from Jerusalem, probably over one of the feasts in the holy days, and reading out of the book of Isaiah. And Philip is running alongside of him, seeing with the scroll, you know, he's probably bouncing along in his chariot. And he yells, do you know what you're reading? That's an interesting way to start a conversation. But by the way, it's relevant because you take what they're doing and you ask them a question about it. Always remember, that's a good way to do it. And he says, how can I unless somebody tells me? Is this man speaking of himself or somebody else? And so he commanded the chariot to get stopped. He stopped. Philip got on board and they continued on. And Philip began to reason with him out of the scripture. But God spoke to Philip in his heart. He responded and this Ethiopian eunuch carried the gospel back to Africa. Isn't that amazing? Because he heard God's voice. Do you think that God doesn't speak to people anymore? Of course he does. God's active. But the problem that I find is that we don't oftentimes know where the voice is coming from. Now, if you hear a voice that says, see that person over there? You need to go tell them about me. Well, you know, God, that could be the devil. I don't think so. I don't think the devil wants you to go and tell somebody about Jesus' love. So we can pretty much rule that one out. Well, maybe it's me saying that. You know, go over and tell that person about God's love. Why? Because it's not really in Mike's own nature to do that. Kind of like to mind my own business. So when I hear a voice like that, I've got to say, you know, God, that might be you. And it's weird, and I've had this happen to me. So I go... And I say, what's going on? How are you? And they look at you and they go, terrible. Which is not usually a response you get. I'm fine. Have you, have you ever had gone up to somebody and before you get the words out of your mouth, they say fine. So you go, Bill, how are fine? How do you know what I was going to ask you? I thought you wanted to know lucky lotto numbers. What do you mean, fine? We're so programmed to think in certain areas that this is what they're going to say. So when you ask somebody, how are you? And they go, awful. And you say, what's going on? And you begin to share with them. You know, I have found oftentimes in true ministry, God has already done the work. All he needs is somebody to invite them into the kingdom of heaven. There was a a joke going around down in Southern California because this one pastor down there just had the gift of leading people to Christ. He was an evangelist. And, And I thought it was always weird because they said, yeah, when he sneezes, a thousand people get saved. And I, how is that? So anyway, I heard him speak one time at a pastor's conference. And he said, you know, what I have found is that God has already led them to the point of accepting Christ as Savior. All I do is basically stand up and say, do you want to accept Jesus? And they go, yes. God's already done the work. Notice as we read here, God goes before us. I believe God goes before people that... People have been praying for. Do you realize when you pray for your lost loved ones and friends and relatives and people, 
that I believe God unlocks that ability to go out and bring circumstances and things into an individual's life so that they will come to a saving knowledge of who he is. So I really believe that hearing God's voice is really important. When you read the Bible, especially John, when you read the the words that Jesus said, you familiarize yourself with several things. What Jesus said, the way Jesus said it, the heart behind what Jesus is saying, and how it applies. There's a lot of things that we learn by listening to others. It isn't just by observation, it's also by listening is how we learn. And so when we see how Jesus responded to people, uh, as a case in point, we read a few weeks ago, Jesus shows up at a well, and there's a woman there. She's a Samaritan. And and there's a prejudice against Samaritans because they were considered to be half-breeds, and uh, nobody wanted to have anything to do with them. And Jesus said, give me a drink. And what's really amazing is what the woman said. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink of water? Don't you realize we don't have any dealings with each other? And besides that, the well is deep and you have nothing to draw with, which implies that Jesus was willing to drink out of her cup. Now, that's pretty weird. But Jesus took the situation and he used it. Now, friends, again, you know, I got to say this in a way, and not that we're selling anything, we're giving it away, but we're all salesmen for Jesus. We really are. And you know, salesmen are, are, are interesting folk. If you're a salesman here today, I, my heart goes out to you. And a good salesman, I remember my cousin and me, we went and looked at some cars one time. He needed a car. He just got out of the Navy. And so we were going to different things. And I remember this great big guy. He was like 6'5 or 6'6. He he looked like a football player. And I remember he walked up to us and he said, uh, how can I help you? And I said, well, we're, you know, he's looking for a car. And he goes, yeah, I'm looking for a car. And he goes, well, I can put you in this car for about 3,000. I looked at him. I said, I believe you could put us in this car and about 25 other people stuff us all in there. This guy was huge. And so anyway, we went to another, and, and he asked something really interesting. This one salesman comes up and he goes, what are your needs? I was shocked. I hadn't heard anybody actually ask me what, or ask him what we needed. Instead, if, here, you need this, drive this off, you'll look really good. It was, what are your needs? Friends, I think that's a key in ministry as well. When we recognize the needs of people. Now, a person that's not born again, no one is leading them. The Bible talks about, as we studied last week, they're in darkness and they stumble. We don't walk up to people that are blind and kick them in the shins and say, stupid blind person, can't you see where you're going? Of course they're blind. They're going to stumble. They're going to do mean, nasty things. Not only to you, to me, but to others. So what does God want? Recognize their needs. What does that require? Me to see them as if I was looking at myself. You know, if you do a, just an overview of, of the Gospels, and, and the Bible says, And Jesus, seeing the multitudes, had compassion on them. Compassion. Wow feeling what they feel, understanding what they feel. So if you walk up, if you hear God's voice saying, go talk to that person, realizing that person's 
blind, probably. They may not be born again. And, and, and they're troubled by the things that have happened to them. No one is leading them either into anything good or out of anything bad. And you walk up and say, friend, how are you? And they go, not good. You know you've heard the voice of God because he's drawn you to that individual. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.